Welcome to Your Great Story Podcast, where we chat with founders, leaders, and changemakers to learn about their journey to make the future a reality. I'm Eric, your friendly host. Follow us on where you are tuning in or find us on any social media channels to catch highlights and snippets of our episodes. Let's be inspired by the stories while you create your great story. All right, all right. We are on a surprise bonus episode on top of the nine episodes of the NOC Alumni series of Your Great Story podcast. And today, we are very excited to have Zender with us. Hi, Zender. Welcome to the show. Hi, Eric. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And yeah, I'm really, really excited to be here. Awesome, awesome. I'm super excited as well. So Zender is the co-founder of Surprise, a startup to reinvent how people learn about products. And for me, as a product manager, I love what you're doing, Zender, on how people learn about products. And we are here to unpack your journey of starting <laughs> up. Uh, I've tried Surprise right. myself. It's super fun. A lot of uh, games in, in, in the app. And, uh, but I will not review further. I'll rather let Zender share more about <laughs> Uh, by yourself. So Xander, I'm super excited to jump mm-hmm. into all this fun stuff. But before that, I would like you to share with our listeners more about you. On to you, Xander. Thank you very much, Eric. So I'm, I'm glad you have out the app. And uh, for those who haven't, please feel free to go and download it from either your Google Play Store or even your Apple App Store. We are live on both. Try to yourself and actually get free stuff delivered to your house. So before we go there, right, maybe just a very quick uh, background of uh, where I came from or you know uh, what I did previously. So as, as uh, Eric has mentioned, I'm part of the NUC Colleges uh, program. So I'm an NUC alumni. I went to Shanghai in uh, 2014, if I recall correctly. Uh, spent a year there. Did, a, did an internship uh, with uh, something I would say a little bit more unorthodox. So I was with the F&B company. I was initially with a, a HR company. I went on to F&B. So it's not like a usual, very tech-ish based kind of a company. But it was a great experience because I was actually helping them to in, in today's context, digitalized, you know, uh, getting, uh, getting really embedded into the whole development of a digital scene, how I actually get online, tapping on new technologies, etc. And that was the period where uh, China is also developing its own you know, e-wallets and whatnot. So it was very timely, great experience there. Uh, went there for one year, 2014, 2015. I, I had an internship there. Had a blast of a time. Uh, it was a great time, as mentioned, because China is coming up, so you see a lot of new things happening. So I came back after the program and uh, tried my hands in a couple of, of, of uh, ventures. So uh, being all new and green, uh, so as all of you would expect, the first time didn't work out very well. But just a little bit of history, we were doing a platform to actually join uh, what we call road warriors, people who are on the street or you know in on the move, try to find a suitable working space. Uh, but you don't want to pay for the daily pass to coaching spaces and then you go to cafes and always see we do have a, uh, the kind of amenities you're looking for. So we actually matched these two style of equation. Uh, it didn't work out. Um, so I went, I, I thought like, okay, maybe uh, I didn't have enough experience. Uh, but it definitely ran off me, the program, you know, and the, and the entrepreneurship kind of spark. After that, I finished school. So I was doing that while I was in school. And finished school and I thought I definitely need a lot more experience to hear from more established, more seasoned entrepreneurs. So I went and joined uh, Angel Surprise. That was where I worked uh, in the, uh, both the programs and the community team. First off, uh, working with alumni like uh, Eric here as well, and a couple of other uh, very seasoned alumni. So the very common names you hear, like uh, the Carousel, uh, Shopback, Zopim, etc. 
So uh, I was part of this team that looks after the community. Eventually, I will move on to the program side where I was helping. Uh, back then, also budding entrepreneurs, both students who have ideas, who went to the program, came back, trying their hands at different things. And I was trying to put them through to the entrepreneurs or giving them, I wouldn't say give advice, but more of sharing what I've done wrong so they don't walk down the same route. Sharing them a little bit of my experiences and really watching them grow. And I thought it was very fulfilling. And yeah, moving on, yeah, start putting houses, get internships as well as, as a program manager. And that lasted for about three, four years. And following which I then moved on to Plug and Play, which is a global accelerator, as most of you would probably know. Uh, in the in Plug and Play itself, I look after the market access programs. So I've been startups of uh, uh, ranging from seed all the way to Series A stages to get into Philippines, Indonesia, or UK, what they call the scale-ups coming to Singapore. So it was really, again, a very eye-opening experience, you know, seeing how different parts of the world, actually how the startups are, how the ecosystems are like. And that also gave me a better appreciation of how uh, the ecosystems, you know, how are we different and how strong actually the NOC community uh, is because um, from what I've heard, uh, the, the communities, the ecosystem out there is a little bit more sparse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here, we're very fortunate to have communities like the NOC alumni community. Even just an ecosystem journey, very tight-knitted. You know, people are very tend to be uh, helping and share their advices. And yeah, I was there for almost a year and then I left and now I'm in surprise. Uh, surprise that. So like what Eric mentioned, uh, we want to really reinvent how people learn about products uh, because we thought right now we are always bombarded with so many different marketing messages. We just want to bring back to basics, you know, to really how people can experience, try, see, look, feel a product, uh, knowing what they really like or don't like before actually making the more informed purchase. And uh, yeah, so joining join the Surprise app uh, as a co-founder right now in about, uh, I would say about six months. It has been a very thrilling ride. Uh, lots of ups, lots of downs as well. Uh, as any entrepreneur out there, you would know, uh, day in, day out, uh, when at night in the day, I just think about a lot of different things, but it has been a very fun ride. And yeah, I think we'll just stop here and pray. Any 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 questions or anything you like to dig deeper into? Happy to share. Yeah, you know, as you, as you share, I can feel that whole excitement, right, and the whole yeah, uh, how fun it is, right, uh, or how, how fun the ride is, right, to, to start surprise. You know, just yeah, right. you know, step taking a step back, right, taking a step back. This is a very interesting episode, bonus episode, and it comes with a bonus question, right. So <laughs> you were you yourself, right. So uh, uh, was NOC alumni, and and you mm-hmm. also were uh, program manager for. NOC for a few years. So how, how did this whole experience yeah. immerse one year in uh, in China and as well as mm-hmm. uh, managing popular companies for NOC help you, you know, to start Surprise today? Right. So I think being in, in Shanghai, the internship, I really got to see how my boss then operated, you know, the kind of thinking process he goes through, the kind of things that he consider. And also uh, how the other companies in China actually back then are doing what they do, the kind of speed they are operating in. So the fun thing is, um, not that it's right or wrong, uh, but the funny thing that I was said is that, you know, if you are going to, let's say, set up a physical shop in China, you'll probably set it up first, and then you spend the nine months getting all the licenses and getting through the regulations. But if you're going to set up a shop in Singapore or elsewhere, you'll probably spend nine months getting licenses before you start business. So that's a kind of flip mentality. I thought it's, it's quite interesting. And it really, you know, kind of uh, given me a little bit of inspiration how I uh, made my decisions how things actually should go through. 
And being in, in uh, NAS Enterprise itself and being a program manager, I had a good fortune to see through a lot of different uh, younger uh, the kind of journeys that are going through and really the kind of problems they are going through as well. Of course, I think everyone has their own share of the journey, you know, the kind of different kind of experiences. So it was, it was very enlightening and also very inspiring for me to hear from all the very brilliant uh, individuals, hearing, you know, the kind of things they go through, what kind of uh, tips and tricks they actually use to, to fuel their growth, to how what they learn from the other peer founders as well. And, and that really gave me a lot of different inspirations, different even strategies that uh, today that, you know, I, I'm rethinking back to see how can I implement it back into the surprise app. How can we actually tap on more creative strategies? So just a, just a little bit story that I heard is that, um, uh, so I had this one of the uh, fellow, also NLC alumni, uh, he started this company that helps to bring uh, part-time helpers to households. So for your cleaning, for your day jobs and all that. So you have to put out um, all your posters, you know, everywhere to get attention of all the families. And then you know, if you put it on uh, the MRT rails, so that is under the purview as MRT. If you put it on, let's say, the lamppost, uh, you might get into trouble with, let's say, either the LT or NEA. If you put it right off on, let's say, the, the street or whatnot, same thing, you get in trouble with LTA. But he found this perfect sweet spot. Uh, I think it's those green railings that you see along the road that you walk, whereby it's just beside the walking track and just beside the grass patch. So when it comes down to it, any year, you'll be like, oh, no, no, that's your purview. And then LTA, no, that's your area. And SMRT, no, no, that's your area. So that coaster stayed there for, I think, a good six months before it was eventually taken out. I thought it was... Quite brilliant. I mean, technically, we are not breaking any rules, but you know, just finding that that creative, the creative way to actually reach out to your consumers and getting your brand out. I thought that was really brilliant at the point in time, and that was kind of inspiration of the day I got to hear. And very fortunate to be have been in that kind of a, a space and a context previously. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm actually very, uh, very curious. Uh, who. Who, the, who who this founder is and what <laughs> startup it is? Can you share who that is? Who's the one yeah. who did the poster at the uh, Green Railings? <laughs> I, I think it should be all with me name him, but uh, if any of you know, so it was a previous startup called After You, and uh, this uh, I don't see a lot of mine. It's called Fitzgood. So a very good friend, good buddy, who actually shared a lot with me. Yeah, so he has this unorthodox way of thinking that one is really really brilliant. Yeah. I love this good. I love this good. I love the way he thinks <laughs> as well. I, I know him personally as well, so a uh, good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, so let's let's jump straight to surprise, right? You know, um, and then let's help us understand how on why you want to reinvent how people learn about products. What is what is the problem statement today? Sure. So before I go there again, a little bit of a story. Sorry, I, I know I like telling a lot of different stories. I hope it's... it's no, this, co- this, wait, 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 this podcast is <laughs> your great story, by the way. <laughs> so a lot of stories, no problem. No, all stories is... Great, great. very... Uh, very uh, so, yeah. Um, so, why why the whole actual surprise uh, idea came about was uh, this co-founder that I'm right now working with in the team, uh, he used to run a medical supplies trading company. So, that was at the height of... Uh, not the height, actually. Rather, the start of COVID. And as a transition to the height of COVID, uh, you know, that time a lot of things were, were either out of stock or in demand. So things like your masks or fringes or PPE, etc. And people are always looking for the next best product you know, to actually get uh, a better protection. So we actually came across this uh, very good, interesting mask product from Korea. But uh, the 
weird thing is people are not willing to give it a shot. You know, people are just going back to the kind of mask that they either have been buying or that, you know, people have been paddling on the streets, just telling people, oh, this is good, but there are actually no uh, substantiative kind of uh, evidence to it. But there's actually this one very good product that nobody's trying. And and that that really bugged him. And then eventually he started giving out those certain, uh, just a few samples to a few different uh, people, close friends, allowing them to try to feel for it themselves. And, you know, for the rest is history. From there, the mass actually, the sales went up. People and realized that actually, well, a good product to actually uh, sell itself. The product itself is really good. The quality is there. But if it wouldn't help if people don't know about it, if people can't find out. And this is where we thought maybe we can do something. So we, we took a little uh, deeper look into how the industry now is like, you know, uh, where we have uh, the big tech boys. So your, your Facebook and Instagram now is part of Facebook. And right now we have TikTok. You know, every day we are bombarded with so many different marketing messages. We, you, know, you have this ad telling you to buy this. You have the ad telling you to try that. You have the other ad telling you that, oh, this thing is on a massive discount, etc. But the honest fact is that, you know, when we are faced with so many messages, um, we tend to either get what we call information overload. Your mind starts to shut down every sick and tired of it. People don't like to be pushed ads, right? I mean... Maybe everything mm. yes. You, how many marketing messages do you think we are exposed to in one day today? Hundreds. Hundreds. Okay, that's that's reasonable, but what we're exposed to in one day is actually six thousand to ten thousand marketing messages. Both consciously and subconsciously. So that's the amount of information you're being pushed in one single day. And this is not a number that I plucked out. This is a number actually done by Fox. This is a it's a real research done by Fox. That's how much you're being exposed to in one day. And I mean, honestly, I myself I pay for things like YouTube Premium, Spotify Premium, just to shut off the ad. So, you see, the, the fact that we have been pushing so many things out, so many messages out, but I mean, to some extent, of course, it still works. Awareness is there. People get to understand, people get to see, you know, what the thing is about. But you can't, it's always that gap, you know, we are being the last step of pushing, uh, pushing people to buy or have the purchase intention or behavior. And this is where we want to change the design a bit. You know, when, uh, when you try a product, if it's a good quality, it's, it's very automatic. You like it, you buy it. But the prerequisite is you have tried it yourself. You have experienced it yourself. And that is where we want to come and bring that experience to a user. And of course, we want to make it fun. You know, that's why we have uh, actually uh, make it the whole, the whole experience a bit more gamified. Whereby you play a very simple game, uh, simple enough, whereby you still have a very hard chance of winning. But it also gives you that kind of excitement, you know, where you go in and it's like, yes, I, I want to win this product for today. And then that keeps you going and, and that gives you also uh, the opportunity to try a lot of different things uh, via our app today. So today we have given out things like, of course, your, your very common uh, FMCG products like your beverages, your snacks, or even your rice. But we also given out uh, really interesting and, and high-end products like your air fryer, your, your hand dryer, even a YouTube chat that we previously given out. Yeah, so we really want to just allow people to, to have that experience of trying, you know, and, and, and really experience the product for themselves. And that will give them a better impression on how the product is like. And that will make you more loyal or know how, how that brand is and drive towards the purchase intention and behavior. Interesting, a very interesting uh, concept here, right? Of of getting people to try like snacks, uh, or even air fryer, um, and and hair dryer via playing um simple games, right? Interesting games and fun games. So, but just want to go a bit deeper into the 
business model if if we could, right? So how 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 do you charge? I mean, like like do you do you like purchase this stuff and give it for free? And and what is the whole you know profit <laughs> the whole profit model of this, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. So this is where we actually help in. Uh, this is where or rather the value actually comes for the brand because. As a brand, I think as we established earlier, is that you want to get more messages out to your consumers. But then again, you know that currently, the more marketing messages you push out, the more likely it is being either blocked or being shut down by the consumer because of overload. So we are helping them in a sense to do a, a provide an alternative marketing solution, whereby rather than pushing just on a screen, which I or you might scroll away, now we are putting a product actually in your hand for you to actually try it out experience it and see really feel for yourself that outstanding quality of that product and this gives that that user a much stronger impression a much memorable impression that hey actually yeah this this brand of product is, is pretty good and i think i'll go for this and and the next time when you go into a supermarket right before you even pick up something you remember that hey actually i tried that before maybe let, let me get that instead so this becomes like a, a either you can call it back to basic or alternative marketing solution for the brands where, you know, uh, that message, that impression is getting across to the consumers in a much, much stronger way. And of course, at the end of the day, uh, we also want to help brands understand the consumers a bit better. Because maybe, let's say for today, for, for instance, today you try a sneakers bar, a chocolate bar, and you think that maybe this flavor of sneakers is just a bit too sweet, right? Previously, there's no way that you can write this sneakers and say, hey, I think this flavor is too sweet. But, you know, if you try it from our app, we give you that, that power. We empower you to actually give your feedback and just write that. And this uh, will all be presented to the brands that are working for you and say that, hey, a user, maybe let's say a user called Xander actually says that this flavor is a little bit too sweet. If let's say there are enough Xanders out there, you know that maybe you should, you know, take a little bit, take something about your product or how you actually uh, bring your message or product across to them. So right now, we are actually also empowering users to give that feedback back to the brands. And this feedback, uh, from what we have gathered, is actually very useful to brands because right now, consumer pressure, uh, sorry, consumer preferences are changing every other day. And you want to keep up to date. I mean, right now, in today's world where uh, information is easily accessible, where things are changing every other day, relevance is a very key uh, uh, trait that all the brands wish to, wish to have and stay in touch with the consumers. That is exactly what we provide to the brands. And that is where the uh, main business is lies in. Got it, got it, got it. Interesting. So let's let's talk a bit about uh, product market fit. You know, can you share a sure. bit more about where you are right now? Are you saying that hey, we are you know, we have a product that fits well to the market, or we are kind of reaching there, or we are very early? Yeah, so uh, as a very early startup. So uh, just in case you are not aware, we are in the market only for right now slightly over three months. So we have been developing this for the past, uh, I would say about 12 months, but launch uh, on, uh, launch in July. So now you know, we are edging towards the four-month marks. We have roughly about 10,000 uh, surprise community. I would say uh, fortunately we have some very early signals that okay, maybe there's something there that you know, users would like and brands would like because uh, apart from the 10,000 people we've gotten on board, uh, we are also right now working with roughly about uh, 30 plus over 40 brands. Uh, some, of course, on, on a freemium basis, uh, some on a paid basis, but brands are finding this uh, interesting and also relevant for them. 
Uh, so fortunately, I think we do have some sort of very early indication of a thing there. But we are still, of course, working towards the refine. I mean, I, I'll be lying if I say right now I have a perfect product market fit. I mean, we are only three months old in the market. And this is something we are still figuring out. And this is something that I think as an early stage startup, we'll be brutally honest about it. So as every other day as we are going by, we are also refining that. We are also finding out a little bit more about uh, what consumers are looking more forward to, you know, what kind of engagement. Uh, it can be down to very simple things like what else we would like to see being offered or being able to win on our app. And then also to the brands is like, okay, um, what we are being able, what we are able to deliver now, you know, getting you the consumer insights, helping your, helping you to market your products differently. Is that enough for you? What else would you like to see? So every day we ask, every other day we are asking ourselves these questions, we're asking the brands this question, we're asking the, 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 the users these questions to really strengthen that, that product market fit. I mean, after all, yeah, we are, we are three months plus, so we are not Grab, we are not Facebook. It's always a work in progress. Yeah, I mean, it's always a work in progress. And uh, I, I wouldn't say there's always a perfect product market fit because the market changes every, every that is day. True. Right? That is very true. You will always be kind of tweaking the product or shifting, you know, uh, moving the needle such that the product is becoming kind of following the market in a way. Right, I mean, we great. all know how TikTok, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of changed the game, right? And, yeah. and where to kind of to where Meta is today, right? And and having a startup that just started, you know, three months ago, I mean, I would say it's quite a risky move. I mean, yes, to, you know what you're doing, you're you mm-hmm. know getting a pay every month, um, you know, uh, in plug and play and as well as in anyways enterprise. So, so what yeah. what makes you want to take this route? You know, as far and and <laughs> you had a few rounds. Uh, before right, right. Of, of starting right, it, right? Right. so so what makes you yeah. come back right to, to take this route of founder again yeah so um i would say a portion of it is all thanks to the noc program <laughs> because you know when 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 they expose you to an environment like that you know when they put you through the process of being in the stuff and going through that, that whole journey you get to feel and experience how exhilarating that that whole process is uh, although sometimes it can be a bit chaotic can be a bit Stressful, but there's that fun and there's that you know being very dynamic, fluid in, in the kind of process itself. And uh, there's always this saying that you know once you got bitten by the entrepreneurship bug, it, it never goes away. The itch is always there. Yeah, the itch is always there whether wherever you are. So it's it's a question of not will you do it again. It's just a matter. It's just a question of when will you do it again. So um, on, on that note, right. Uh, the, the when portion, to be honest, I don't think there is a, a right time or a best time. It, it could be just a light bulb moment. It could be a, a very fleeting moment where, you know, it just comes to you and you feel like, yeah, maybe it's this time around. There wouldn't be a time where all the stars align and, you know, you have everything in place because it wouldn't be possible unless you are that, that, that fortunate. Maybe you have one in a million, I don't know, but, um, yeah, this time around for me, it's, it's really more of a, a, a gut feeling, a hunch, if you will, that um, when team, the co-founder of mine came around, uh, it's not the first time he came around last game. So this is actually, in fact, the third time. The first two times, of course, uh, being at where I was, that, that lens of you know, how this startup is, what's the kind of value, what's the kind of a fit. Uh, the first two times, it wasn't as, as appealing or as strong to me. But the third time, it, it just... Had this tickling feeling that if I don't do it now, I don't know when else, when else would I? 
yeah, I think I should just jump right out right now. So this is not like, you know, like suddenly, oh, these huge, very wealthy investors that pour in millions of dollars or, you know, like, oh, this this app has launched very successfully right now with millions of users. Nothing like that. And, and, and the joint pre-launch of the product. So it's really just that, that like I said, maybe it's just a light bulb moment. So, oh, yeah, this, this is that kind. And if you don't, you know, you probably will regret it. I even talk to, you know, uh, different close friends and even my direct bosses plug and play. I really asked them. Um, they gave me their, their thoughts and advice. Uh, by the end of the day, as I internalize it, I just feel like it's this moment. If I don't, I know maybe 10 years later when I look back, I might have a very good career by then. But when I look back, I know this would be probably be a point that I would regret. And I don't want that regret to come. So here I am. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Well said. Well said. I mean, that's uh actually inspiring. Uh, in fact, right. I mean, you know, a lot of people are kind of held by the golden handcuffs, right? Yeah. You know, to want to jump off the cliff to do something crazy like you, and then you did it. And you did. It. I mean, you took the first step, and yeah. having ten thousand users with, with three months, it's not easy. It's not easy, and getting so many brands on board, right? And and getting this mm-hmm. whole new interesting fun model to start with, I think that's that's pretty uh inspiring. Yeah. Uh, great starting point there. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe the, the question is, right, is, is, you know, after this, within these three months, what is the biggest challenge you're facing? <laughs> biggest challenge, um, actually, there are a lot of challenges every other day. But uh, yeah, I mean, the biggest challenge, as, as always, I, I mean, it's, it's uh, not, I, I don't know if it sounds cliche, but really, is thinking about, you know, in let's say one year, two years, five years, how we want the company to be. Because um, right now what we are doing, uh, there's a lot of different tracks and routes that we can go down. And, you know, that would probably make us look very different. And so, of course, uh, like I mentioned earlier, it's a work in progress. There are things we are still finding out. But, you know, in order not to be hitless chickens, we do need that, that vision to guide the team along. So every other day is, is really balancing between, you know, day-to-day, what's the kind of things that we have to handle. And then, uh, in a one year time, how do we want the company to look like? In five years, two years time, how we want a company to look like? And in five years, how would the company look like? And what are the things that we actually need to do to get a company there? And after that, it's really a matter of listing down, you know, uh, what are some of the priorities, what are some of the things that, you know, immediately you probably have to do in order to get there. And it's really that, that I would say, balancing act. And, and this is just between, or rather, this is just for work. Um, and of course, if you are doing a start, I think a lot of founders will agree. Uh, you have to also balance between your, your family life, your startup life, and, and you know, where else, all the different hats that you're juggling, you're wearing. Striking a balance is not easy, and it's definitely going to be quite tough, but I think you'll be fortunate if you have the support from your peers, your family. Yeah, I mean, personally, but for me personally, I'm, I'm quite lucky in the sense that uh, my friends, my family are, are very supportive. Uh, whenever I tell them, hey, I'm actually now doing my own stuff, I'm surprised. I try it out yourself, give me some feedback. Very willingly, they come back, you know, they, they'll either, you know, I have a couple of friends who have been playing like that uh, very often. They will show me like uh, different, obviously probably about 10 different boxes they have won from us. They will take a picture and send it to me. It's like, holy, wow, that's a lot. So I, I'm very fortunate in the sense that I have very supportive friends like that. Um, but yeah, personally, it's just, uh, I would say the challenge is really, you know, uh, thinking about how how the company move what we want it to be and really uh, aligning that together with the team and moving in that one direction in strength and unity. Mm, yeah, and talking about team, 
how big is your team right now? Um, I mean, including the founders and, and the core team, the starting team. Right, right now, uh, we have 10 people in Singapore. So of which, uh, there are five, uh, founder level right now. So five are co-founders, including myself. And the rest of them are our early hires. And, uh, we do have a team of, uh, two, uh, which are more of the tech portion that are sitting offshore in, in Vietnam. So in total, we are looking about 12 men. And we are still looking to expand, uh, hopefully and ideally in the next, uh, six to 12 months to really strengthen the, the, the company. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking about expansion, um, uh, it's good, good kind of segue to this question is what is the next milestone saying like maybe 2023, right? Six months down the road. And how do you right. plan to get there? <laughs> right. So um, uh, there are two biggest milestones that we are working right now. One is getting uh, overseas, getting to the region. So I think as a Singapore startup, uh, most of the founders here would probably have heard this before where if you start or after you start something, you need to think regionally or even globally. Uh, Singapore is a very good task bait uh, to, get certain, to tweak certain things to get an understanding of how do you figure out what's the right product market fit, etc. But uh, getting out there is, is one of the biggest things that you should think about and plan for. So we are looking to to expand ideally into uh, probably one or two markets in the region. So ideally it would be Indonesia and the likes of Vietnam. So they're already working with some Indonesian companies to test out their, their products here in the Singapore market. We want to do a reverse whereby we can actually offer the surprise, uh, the surprise services in Indonesia and Vietnam itself. Or maybe even US, um, because we do happen to have come across uh, one partner who actually is very keen to bring us into the US. So this is something that we are planning in the progress. And uh, the second thing, the second milestone that we are looking to hit within the next, this I would say probably the next six months, is actually expanding to the service uh, service offerings. So imagine like your, your nail salon having a haircut, having a new service, or even trying out a new service. Uh, we want to be able to offer our users to actually try out and, and give the the, uh, partner, the partner or the client feedback on their service, how it is like really being able to offer this, this line of, uh, or rather this vertical to our surprise community. So yeah, uh, one of the service, the second will be going to the region or even US. Yeah, thanks for sharing. I mean, to, to the listeners out there, you know, if you're not one of the, one, one of, not one of the 10,000 in the community, do download the surprise yeah. app to try out any of the exciting stuff. The services coming up, you know, there's a lot of exciting yeah. products coming up. Please do try that to search surprise, yes. right, in an app store or Android Play Store, right? So to yeah. wrap up this episode, right, just a final uh, couple of questions is, you know, mm-hmm. you, you are a founder right now and you have seen so many founders running companies and you yourself also running two uh, companies before. So what is what is one lesson, right, you, you learned being a founder and you would like to share with the um, community right here? Wow, that is a, that is a big question. What is one lesson that I learned being a founder? So I think one of the biggest thing or rather one of the things that I really wish to share is that um, we really need to, as an individual, not just as a founder, but uh, listening is, is a very, very important skill that uh, we all should have. Uh, whereby, you know, be it, let's say, in, in, a, in a business level kind of a meeting negotiation, uh, having a good listening skills will en- enable you to really accurately identify, understand what the other party is saying, rather than, you know, what 
uh, is being put on the table or what is, is on the surface, what it looks like. Really being able to dig deep into what kind of wants, needs, demands that they are actually asking for. And as a, as a human, as an individual, uh, listen, being able to listen very well and, and listening proactively uh, allows us to really better understand what is that kind of a story that each, every individual human has when we are talking to them. So, um, I've, 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 as you mentioned, because of uh, the good fortune of my job, I've managed to really come across and, and talk to a lot of different founders. Each of them have their own stories to tell and really being able to really literally just listen and also listen in depth give me a better understanding of the kind of uh, journey, the kind of uh, uh, experiences they have went through. And that gave me a lot of uh, reflection points and a lot of things to really internalize to think about. So I would say, yeah, having one, one major lesson that right now I myself even still trying to perfect is having a really very good uh, listening skills uh, to listen more than we speak and to really understand what the other person is saying beyond the words that are coming out of his or her mouth. Yeah, well said. Uh, I think you were, you were mentioning about active listening here, right? Where you are yeah. more, more listening and understanding the person's perspectives more than jumping in to kind of want to reply and want to kind of Precisely. Uh, answer a question, right? And sometimes I realize it's more about throwing a question as an answer than an answer. Yes. It's more powerful than Precisely. an answer. I think, I think those are a few tactics that, that we all, mm-hmm. as founders uh, or even as, as product managers, typically we, we kind of use a lot of these uh, tactics to to kind of um, achieve impact as well with the team. Yes. So exactly. one last question. One last question for mm-hmm. this episode. It's not very surprising, but <laughs> what is, or why is surprise called surprise? <laughs> <laughs> Cliché question. Right. So, um, the other, so the initial intention is uh, we want to give everyone a surprise. You know, so, you know, having that, so if you receive our, our gift boxes or run our boxes before, you you know that it comes in a very jovial looking uh, yellow little box that have the items contained inside. So it will give you a, a pleasant surprise every other day, or a pleasant surprise when you win something on our app. But you know that's that's how the traditional surprise word is held. You know, S E R P R S E. But why do we change it to Z E? Because beyond the surprise, it is actually a prize that you are winning. So that's why it became S U R P R I Z E. And and that is the the intention behind how the name came about, giving us a prize and you literally winning a prize of our app. And um, just just one uh, bonus or one little thing for for whoever's out there. Do you know Eric? Maybe do you know what is that little yellow box called? A prize. Basically, that's our that's our uh, mascot as well. <gasps> oh, what is it called? It's called Winston. And do you want to make a guess why it's Winston? No idea. You tell me. So if you break it down, Winston, yeah, the name spells W I N S T O N. Okay. Are you so what we want is not just for users to be able to win prizes, but we also want them to win pun. Win pun. Oh wow. So that's how that's how surprise and how Winston came about. Yes. Wow, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Wow, all this naming is interesting. I mean to be honest, I <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't really expect that. I thought surprise is like a surprise, but you actually didn't realize that exact is actually a prize. Wow, yes. wow, wow, wow. <laughs> cool, cool. Thanks. Thanks. I always ask this question yeah. for 
almost every other episode where the name is interesting and I have to ask you this question. <laughs> and with that, yeah. with that, that is a wrap. Thank you, uh, Xander, uh, for bringing surprise with price right to the world and and onwards and upwards to reinventing how people learn about products. Thank you, Xander, for your time. Thank you very much, Eric. It's a pleasure to be here and thank you everyone out there who has been listening in. Thanks a lot, Eric. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Your Grid's Story Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Chase your dreams, live out your passion and discover Your Grid's Story.